Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 337 of the JV Club with my wonderful boy of summer, Michael Rosenbaum. I'm not going to say Michael Rosenbaum, but to find out why, you'll have to listen to the episode. I was so thrilled to have him on the podcast. He, of course, is the partner of Chris Sullivan in their own podcasting adventure uh, called In Love, which you can subscribe to. There's a wonderful teaser out. Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. Look for them. Subscribe. Uh, the official premiere is August 26th. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I feel that this podcast is a wonderful companion podcast to my podcast and vice versa. Uh, I am very much looking forward to listening to the podcast. And dare I say, perhaps being on it. So please uh, take a listen to this and uh, check out In Love. I also wanted to make a couple of quickie announcements. Number one is I'm very excited to tell you that the JV Club will be doing a live, I don't know why I'm putting it in the third person like it's someone else. I will be doing a live JV Club episode in uh, Brooklyn at the wonderful Bell House where I have spent uh, many fun, thrilling adventure hour and Spontanea Nation and Spontour Coke times. Cannot wait. Uh, guests TBA, but it will be on Wednesday, October 6th at 8 p.m. I'm sorry, Wednesday, October 9th at 8 p.m. I am not going to go back and record this whole uh, intro. Um, Wednesday, October 9th, 8 p.m., $20. Uh, I don't know that there's a ticketing link up yet, but I wanted to get this announcement out into the world. So I will uh, confab with the Bell House and uh, follow me at Janet Varney. For more info, follow me at Janet Varney on Twitter or at the JV Club on Instagram. Uh, and then I also wanted to say that for those of you who are in the Atlanta area or planning on going to Dragon Con, I'm very much looking forward to being there uh, a week from, mm, I believe, Thursday. So next week when a new episode comes out, I will be en route to Dragon Con. I'm doing a bunch of really fun shows and panels. Uh, my dear darlings, Hal Lublin and Mark Agliardi will be there and Mike Furman and a bunch of other pals and friends and I can't wait to go. Uh, so if you are around, please come check something out. Say hi. I'll be doing signings as well. And uh, I think that's it. I, I, this is a lot of ado. I don't usually have this much ado, but without further ado, please enjoy this episode. That's it, and there's no. I'm not going to introduce you. I'm not going to. Would you, you like to self-introduce? Hi, folks. This is uh, Janet's friend, Michael Rosenbaum. My dad says Baum. I say bomb. He gets upset with me, but oh, okay. I'm in the entertainment industry, guys. Did he? Is he the per, like? Has the family tradition stopped with you, or did your dad? Is your dad the weirdo who like the rest of your family doesn't say Baum, but he does? I always talk about this you know by the way it happened like years ago where i said uh some some fan or some somebody came up to me and goes hey uh are you i go yeah i'm michael rosenbaum and then afterwards my dad goes what's your name oh and i go is that a joke he's like what's your name oh, no. i go michael what do you was it was is this kind of some fun game you're gonna uh -huh. play with me what's your last name i go rosenbaum he goes your last name is rosenbaum and i go yeah what's what he goes it's baum <laughs> And I go, Dad, I love you. Fuck off. I will, <laughs> say fuck. I will never say Baum. Uh -huh. you know, you it's easy to just say Rosenbaum. That's, that's, that's like, Rosenbaum. 
That's basically like the like the uh, like the Australian no. That was like Nor. all the vowels. Nor. All of them were in there. <laughs> yeah, why do they do that? A-I-O-U. It's all in there. That's yeah. what he wants. He's greedy. Well, I just think he's, that's the correct way to say your name. I'm but like, you guys had never had this exchange before because he never heard you say your last name no, to anyone? No, I think he, he would say. It's I remember no, it's hearing. A, it's an ongoing. I remember hearing him say like uh, Mark Rosenbaum. And I was just like, yeah, just. He throw, I don't know. It sounds to me. It's like, hey. Rosenbaum's having people over. Yes. Not Rosenbaum is having. It's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to. Listen, mouth, by the time you get through that, somehow yeah. it's so much longer. No yeah. one wants to party anymore. And by the way, guys out there, just say it really quick. Just say Rosenbaum and Rosenbaum. then go Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. It's hard. And your it's mouth goes ow. Shockingly hard. Yeah, I don't want to. It's not even hard. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> I'm just lazy. I don't want to do it. Do you have siblings? I do. Do they say Rosenbaum? I don't listen. Great. I don't remember the last time one of us said Rosenbaum. Here we are all together. <laughs> well, the Rosenbaum. It, yeah, it's it's a it's a broken family. It's a, you uh-huh. know well it is. I mean my my mom and dad. My mom was married when she was uh, she was she had my brother when she was sixteen. My sister when Ooh. she was seventeen. Yeah. Uh, you know abusive relationship. Then she married my dad. And then my dad was eighteen when when he got pregnant with me. Ooh. Had me at nineteen. Had my brother at twenty five. You know, my dad took on two, her two, first two kids. Then they got divorced after 27 years. My mom remarried. My dad remarried for the second time, had two more kids. So oh, wow. it's kind of like, yeah, man, it's all over They're the place. They're scattered like They seeds. are scattered. There's, there's a yeah. lot of dysfunction. But it's, <laughs> it's great. You know, it makes for some great uh, storytelling. By the way, I see that you record yes. your own shit. Like you just, do. you don't need a, uh, an engineer. I don't. I mean, would I be served by one? Certainly when this leaves me and goes up into the air, into satellites, I don't know how the internet works, uh, and then my producer at Maximum Fun, Julian, is the person who mixes it down, like he Edits, mixes it down. Do edited? He'll do, he'll, you know what, he cuts out dead space, like so for when we do our mash game, if you're like struggling to think of an idea, don't worry. He'll make me sound worry. smarter. He'll make you sound like bam, 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 bam. Go, uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, are so, you are you quick on your feet? By the way, I'm pretty quick because you do the whole improv thing. So it's you've the been improv like, yeah, that really helps. I am too, but like I I get confused really easily. Well, my nerves are up. Like I feel like if I was a, I always get anxiety thinking if I was a contestant on like Family Feud. Oh, that's a totally different or, thing. Or like, I would stink on one of those. But I feel like if I'm watching Jeopardy with like a close buddy and we're just sitting there and you know might have had a hit off a joint, I'd go, what is Tagalog? The national Filipino language, of yeah. course. Yeah. But if you had me in front of someone, they'll go, "What color is the sky?" I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I know. I know this one. I know. I, I would just, too. I, I would freak too. out. Even yeah. like that, it happens to me so often. I uh, yeah. I just I get nervous about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I if it's something like that where something like. It, with improv, if you do it enough and you're surrounded by people you trust, it doesn't feel like an on-the-spot as much as something like that would. But where something's at stake, yeah. I'm just I'm just competitive enough to care competitive enough to care very deeply, but also not competitive enough to be good at being competitive. If that makes any it sense, it does make sense. So I'll beat myself up for sucking, which will cause me to suck more. But I, and I will care. And that the whole thing just implodes in my brain, and I won't. I will completely draw a blank. I just feel like sometimes, like even with imp- improv, I- improv. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the remix. Uh-huh. I- I- improv. <laughs> this is a sweet jam. Oh, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, I just feel like sometimes, like they'll say something, and you're like, I don't even know the reference. What is he? 
what are they doing? I'm just going to go with it. I don't even know what that means. And I should know, but I'm sure I do that too. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You just got to, again, I think the the best moments are the ones where you realize, like, I have no idea what this person's talking about. And you either call that out, which I'm sure is against the rules. Yeah, I would not do that. I would would just play it out like I knew what they were talking about. But you don't have to call it out where you're like suddenly breaking whatever the scene is and going, I don't know what that is. Sorry, you're going to have to do that again. Yeah, but if somebody said something like, you know, you don't know that that, that this this rose quartz is made of data and you don't know what that is, you would be like... I had a teacher named Rose Quartz. So, like you just sort of turn it into is that, is that what you do? like either do that or just say, right, yes, and that would be like right. just sort of because the audience is on your side, I think. And so sure. if they if they see you like staying in it and keeping the energy high and not just totally freezing, I think for them it's fun because suddenly they feel like they're on the inside of yeah. it. It's do like, you, oh my God, I also don't know what that is. Like, do you ever oh, walk she, out going, God, I failed? God, oh yeah, I was for just sure. Fucking awful. For sure. God, I hope that doesn't happen again, but I know it will. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. But did you have that? Because I, I don't do stand up, but I can. I'm, that's one of the things that is so intimidating. Well, about I it. forced myself to do stand up for a year, playing music. I, I probably will go back to stand up. I think, but it's just a, you know, I'm so hard on myself. It's just like that's what I'm working at right now. It's just you have to realize that you're not perfect. No one's perfect. Everybody fails. Failing, failing is going to make you stronger. And it sounds all easy to go, oh, yeah, of course, everybody fails. I'm not, I'm, but there's something ingrained in me since a child, you know, where I just felt like uh, I have to be great or I have to be, you know, but you're just, you're failing yourself because you can't be perfect. Yeah. So anything you do is a failure. So if you, you know, but if you can go in there and just like really, like I want to go back to the time when it was really fun. I think I miss that sometimes where I was like, you're young and you're ambitious and you have endless energy and let's just do it. And you don't think about anything. But the older you get, and somebody else said this, maybe many people, but the older you get, it feels like our insecurities are there, are more present. More. I think you get, to me, as I get older, I feel like I'm more insecure. Really? I was less insecure. I think, but I'm also very honest about it. Mm-hmm. I'm very honest about being insecure. Like I'm sort of like, uh, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I got anxiety this morning. Yeah, yeah, I had to meditate for 30 minutes, but now I'm pretty good. I think, first of all, that's great. Second of all, I totally identify with what you're saying about being young and doing that because I have often said to people, like, there are so many things I never did because either I was sure I would suck at them or I tried it half-heartedly once and was terrible and just wrote it off. Like, I don't want to feel like that again. (laughs) I was terrible. I I don't have a natural, I'm not naturally adept at that like I am with these couple of other things. So I'll just stick with the stuff that comes easily to me because I don't like that uncomfortable feeling of not looking like I know what I'm doing or not knowing what I'm doing or just failing and getting frustrated. And I would say, while some things maybe I've become, have become baked in, I do feel like there was a point at which it did sink in more just in the last few years, like, oh, for sure I can, no one has, I, I don't, I, I'm the one who determines whether I am my most famous foot snorkeler or not, because I, my whole life I was like, oh, no, 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 not me. I don't, I would never, I don't know how to snorkel. The under, I love the underseas. That's for someone else though. Right. And then finally someone was like, we're in Hawaii, you're going to snorkel. And then I snorkel and I was like, ha, I'm a snorkel, everybody. I'm a snorkeler. <laughs> Isn't it so But it's exciting? a thing where some, you know, you think somebody's already done it and you're like, oh, that belongs to people who really love it and they've always loved it. Rather than like, you know what? I just tried it. Turns out I love it. Well, that's... And I'm bad at it. And that, I'm going to get better. You know what? Or or not. Or not. 
because I just went through something. I'm not going to get really into it, but I just experienced something in the last month of my life, which will probably sound trivial and will sound like, what? Like, you should have experienced it a long time ago. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just me being honest. Yeah. But I went to this place and one of their things was expressive art therapy. And um, I said, no. No, thanks. I'd yeah. like some actual therapy. Right. I'd like some behavioral therapy, uh-huh. some psychoactive, uh, you know, psychoanalysis. Yeah. I'd like yeah. Something deep. Uh, I'd like to, you know, help. Let's probe. My, let's really yes, probe. My dysfunction. Help me. I, expressive art therapy. No. Yeah. And I went in there and this woman, Comer, who was just so gentle and sweet, she sat there and we talked and she was just very zen. And I'm like, okay, what the hell are we doing here? What am I doing? And then we went over to the, her table and there were paintbrushes and pastels and all these different things I, I i don't know what the hell they were and uh we're but you know she's okay well here's what we're gonna do and i go you know what this isn't a good idea she goes well what do you mean i go mm, i'm good at a lot of things this isn't one of them i just don't think that she goes michael there are no saboteurs here all the judges are outside i'm like yeah look i'm colorblind <laughs> i'm colorblind i uh I just, I, I'm not, this isn't, I could tell you some jokes. I'm a killer joke teller. And she's like, let's just try it. Draw circles, squares, I don't care. Yeah. So I said, I'm here, I might as well do it. And I started to do it. And then 15 minutes went by that I wasn't even aware went by. And I had this calmness that kind of blanketed me. And again, it may sound like, okay, you're, this is, but. Um, not at all. Not at all. There's not. I don't think there's a natural arc for any of this stuff that's like, by this age, by this age, by this age, I think it happens all over. I'm a development right here, and it just took me a long time. I don't know if I agree, but... Well, I'm learning things now that I just didn't because of whatever family stuff and, like, life. Yeah. So, um, I feel this peacefulness over me, and then um, I look up at her, and she's drawing, and she just looks up for a quick second and smiles at me. I fucking broke down. I started crying yeah. in front of this woman who I d- had never met before. And I was just like, oh my God, this is this is really embarrassing. I'm sorry about that. She goes, no, no, no. Do you want to talk about it? We don't have to. And I go, no, I just, uh, holy crap. And and I said, and this came out subconsciously. It did not come out like it was not like I thought about this. This is the reason. I'm telling you, it was almost for the very, I mean, this was for the very first time this came out. Yeah. I looked at her. And I said, I got F's and D's in art class and I was colorblind and I was made fun of and I was called stupid. And um, I always, like the smell of an art class scared me. Mm. And I remember them talking about the color wheel and primary colors and this. And I just, I blanked. I, I couldn't comprehend anything because I couldn't differentiate a lot of them. Yeah. And... And I go, and I always, I just want to stay away from art. And then I'm here and I'm, you're so patient with me and you're so kind and sweet and I feel safe and I've never had that. And I just, and I'm crying and I'm like, fuck, I'm crying in expressive art therapy. And then I really didn't understand, or I didn't know then how important this, this was a breakthrough for me. This was like, this was something I needed so long ago that I never had. So it, it, it was like a that that fourth grader or fifth grader totally had really the picture that I drew that day as an adult was that of a fourth or fifth grader 
like being patient and just sitting there and, and having fun with art. And from there, it was pretty incredible because I started doing like, and I'm, by the way, I'm not good because it's the first thing in my life where I do and I don't think I have to be great. I have to, I don't think anything. Yeah. I'm not going to be Van Gogh's and bomb. Yeah. I'm not going to like, <laughs> I just came up with that. that was improv. That's, that's strong. <laughs> yeah. That's strong. As so, long as it's not bound. Great. With it. Yeah. Van Gogh's, Van Gogh's and bomb. <laughs> and, um, so I started doing it and I got the, you know, some other people. I came home and I emailed all my friends, like 10 friends. I have more friends than that, but <laughs> some close friends. And I said, hey, we're going to do expressive art therapy Friday. And I bought a whole bunch of art supplies. And I'm going to, I want to talk to you about my story. And I think it will be just be different and fun. And I, they came and I told them the story that I just told you. And everybody sat down, my friend Shira, my friend uh, Chris, my friend, you know, and we just sat down and we drew and nobody judged. There's one person who was good, another person who was pretty good, but it didn't matter. Like, I don't know perspective. So I'm trying to do this house and a porch that looks like it's mm -hmm. just on. That's hard. Like the house is on top of the porch. <laughs> and I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've had no yeah. guidance. So yeah. we did it. And then it's funny because today I stopped by my uncle's house on the way to Santa Monica. I just stopped by to say hi. And we sat down and we started talking and he starts to tell me the story before I tell the colorblind story. Cause I said, yeah, I went there and I took art therapy. He goes, Oh, I got a story for you. And he said that in fourth or fifth grade, he was called stupid cause he's completely colorblind. Oh my God. And I go, I was just about to tell you the same story. That's and nice. we had this moment and yeah. I was like, you should come over on Friday night. I'm doing another art expressive art uh, class at my house. It's not a class. It's just like, Hey, I got canvases. I got whatever. You could start paying for your own shit now that I did it the first time, but <laughs> friends. But uh, anyway, that was just like, it was one of those times in my life, probably the only time where I was like, I can do this and not think about being good. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to be good. Yeah. And I think that's more like what I want to aspire to as someone who could just be and do things and not worry about being judged. And, and I think that's, you know, it's 47. I'm like, holy shit. That's taken a long time to figure that out. And it shows you how important like your developmental years are and your yeah. parents, how important they can be and your teachers. And so anyway. does your uncle live here because you grew up here? No, I didn't grow up here. Where'd you grow up? I grew up? I was born in New York, but I grew up in Indiana. Oh, OK. And um, my, un my uncle is like a he's a world renowned animal expert slash psychologist, dog psychologist slash author. He's written like 10 books on animals and. He, he used to train Rodney Dangerfield's dogs. He was like telling I me. I really, I thought you were going to stop just at Rodney Dangerfield. He used to train he used Rodney to train Dangerfield. Rodney. Hey, Warren, I tell you, huh? And he did. He said he, he was like in the movies. He would come up. He goes, Warren, I tell you, I get no respect. My dog rides my leg with his eyes open. You know? No, with, with his eyes closed. No respect, Warren, I tell you. You know, he, goes, he would train Pacino's dogs. Oh, my God. He said God. Pacino and his friends were playing like Atari and like stoned. Uh, Lily Tomlin, he brought her dogs to the Emmys. He trained Letterman's dogs. They used to be friends. And wow. so he's written a bunch of books. He has a radio show. Great guy. Like he spent his life just like devoting his time to saving animals, rescuing animals. And so I just, I adore him. Like that's his life. So it's it's pretty cool. So how yeah. does he say his last name? Don't answer that. His last uh, name is Eckstein. Oh, oh. Yeah. My mom's maiden, maiden name is Eckstein. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, we're gonna take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. I 
I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I, I was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> So when did you move from uh, New York to Indiana? You're just born there. Um, I was born in New York, and I moved to Connecticut when I was four. I lived there for a few years, and then Indiana when I was eight, and grew oh, okay. up in Southern Indiana, and then went to college at Western Kentucky University. Wh- where? Uh, I really beg your pardon. What's where is like what's in Southern Indiana? Where's Indianapolis? Uh, Indianapolis is three hours north. Okay. Um, Hmm. It's a smallish town, you know, smallish city. I, I I grew up in a small town called Newburgh, which is about 15, 20 minutes from Evansville. But Newburgh, I think when I got there was a thousand people and like uh, McDonald's. And we had a Druthers. It was a restaurant called Druthers. Uh-huh. I'd, ra- I'd It goes, I'd rather go to Druthers. Ew, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. I worked at McDonald's. Poor I worked at the grocery store. <laughs> I worked at the grocery store for three years. Um, you know, it was a, a small, quaint little town, especially from New Yorkers coming from Connecticut, the East Coast, Indiana. Um, it was a transition more for, I think, for my parents. But I, there's something really sweet about it. I grew up in a really weird town because a lot of people, I don't know, for some reason went to prison. <laughs> there's murders, there's drugs. It's like the most obese city in the world a couple years back and wow. like crazy stuff. But I remember just like um, playing street hockey and no one cared what time you were. You just went home when you wanted to and you caught fireflies and you jumped over fences and drank out of garden hoses and you know, everybody walked to the bus stop and, you know, you didn't have your parents going there with you and um, stop at the donut bank on their way and waste our lunch money on Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. And yeah. It was just simpler times. And I do, like, I, I feel bad, not to say the kids don't have great lives now, but, like, to to sort of, like, be able to know where you're going with a map on your phone and being able to talk to i mean there's all a lot of cool stuff it's a great thing but at the same time it's like that connection that i had back in the 80s as a little boy you just can't you can't duplicate that you can't i don't think that is as near it's not present at all in in today's world and it's just sad because i'm like god i was lucky i feel lucky even though i feel so disconnected because i'm not very good with technology but i look and i'm like god these kids are always on their phones like I, I think if I was a parent, that I'd say, hey, when we're having dinner, phones are in the middle. Phones are in the middle. They don't leave. When I, you know, even when I go to a restaurant, sometimes I go, everybody's phone in the middle. Whoever gets their phone pays for dinner. You know, to have some rules and just like, I remember like, do you swear on this show? I've already sworn, right? Hundred percent, yeah. But like, you know, saying. I stuff, wish you would swear more. It bothers me. You want me to swear there. more? Well, I'll, well, I'll say the word jerk off. Those okay, are two great. words. <laughs> But I remember when like, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know what jerking off was. I didn't know what like, you know. Um, I don't know what naked women look like and kids can just boom on their phone. Got it. They could see anything they want. Yeah. What's a, what's a, what's a gonorrhea look like? <laughs> you know, how yeah. powerful is a gonorrhea in D&D? <laughs> <What's> a, <laughs> how powerful is a gonorrhea? What's a, 
You know what though? It's like uh, it's it's crazy, but you know we. You know, hey, I'm going to the movies tonight. Okay, I'll meet you there at 7. And yeah. you just had to be there and hope they were going to come. Yeah. And there was something special about that. Yes. You know, you had to spend your time talking about a music video you saw. Like, oh, I was watching Night Tracks or... But why talk about it when you can reenact it in your backyard? Oh, well, that's true. Did you do that? I might have. Well, you're younger than I am. A lot I younger. Liked I'm not... Well, I'm not that much younger. I mean, I, I was definitely like... I guess I didn't reenact videos. I guess I created new storylines for videos that like I really liked. Did you you made videos too? I mean I didn't have a camcorder or anything like that. It was just like be in my backyard and like a friend and wearing like whatever whatever wasn't our normal clothes became very like the key to the video. It's like, oh my dad has these old shorts. They're gonna be a big part of this video because we don't have like a dress up closet. <laughs> you know? But I definitely remember doing like um the one that, that springs to mind is I just, uh, my friend Allison and I did some sort of iteration of girls just want to have fun, like of the course. idea of that video, but it was set to a Huey Lewis song. <laughs> it was like, Wait, it didn't make any sense. What do you mean? It's it was like, I want a new drug is the song, but instead of enacting or reenacting that video, which I believe took place mostly on a speedboat. So you were girls having sure. fun to, I want a new drug. Correct. Well, it won't make you sick. Yeah. It was like, oh, remember this video where this girl just like can't get along with her parents? One of you, one of us will be the mom, one of us will be the kid. But like, I love Huey Lewis more. So let's go ahead and act the same kind of story out, but <laughs> it's just to this song instead. I had a friend who slept with Huey Lewis. Really? I think it would have been cooler if she slept with the news. But, <sighs> All uh, of them. She did, and she said he was hung like a wolf. Really? Was that Duran Duran. He, he was wasn't hungry a like a wolf. Oh, yeah. Totally no, but she different. did. He said he had a large one. A Doesn't very... he? Well, he urinates, and that was a big deal when what? he when he was he was in the movie Shortcuts, and I think he like whipped it out to pee. They may not have shown it, but he whipped it out to pee. Mm, like within the story, in the context of the story of Robert Altman's Shortcuts, he is out fishing with his friends, and he's it, I believe that he is peeing, and then he realizes he's peeing into a river, and there's a dead girl in the river. So he's really? like, oh shit, and like zips up. They didn't and show his wiener in that. I don't think so, but I feel like the rumors were circulating back that then. Huey was like, uh oh, he's, yeah. Yeah. But I remember her. The only thing I could think of was like, God, you had sex with Huey Lewis? Well, how, what, at what stage in his career? Um, like, how I old think was she? Huey was already past the drugs and, and the I want a new drug. Uh, he was, I think it, this was. 2018. No, no. <laughs> this this was not. This was probably. I'm gonna say 2005. Okay. Yeah, that's like playing wineries. You know, it, like but like nice wineries. It's well, it's you know, it's a, 20 years after his. Yeah. big But I don't think that's bad. You know what? One time I was at a, I was at a concert, seeing Poison, mm -hmm. and this is like 2002. And Brett Michaels. Asked if I want to come backstage, lead singer to Poison. So I was like, Yeah, sure, man. So, like, yeah, you want to smoke a joint? I was like, Sure. And I was backstage and I go, Dude, I have got to call my friend Kent in Evansville, Indiana and say, What's up? and tell him. Yeah. So the phone rings and it rings and rings and finally he goes, Dude, it's two in the morning here, man. What are you, what's going on? <laughs> Phone's just ringing. Good Lord, son. That's what, he, that's what he always says. I swear to God, he always goes, Good Lord, son. And I said, Dude, guess where I am? He goes, Where? I go, I am at a poison concert backstage with Brett Michaels, the lead singer. And there's a long beat. And he goes, 
Dude, that would have been cool in 88. <laughs> I got a job tomorrow. Oh, I'll no. talk to you later. Oh, no. And then uh, oh. you know, Brett turns around. Hey, did you reach your buddy? No, I was busy. <laughs> He's at Druthers, I think. He would have lost his mind if <laughs> I yeah. had gotten all of it. I thought he'd love it. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't He was over it. it. Yeah, How whatever. was Brett uh, in the, he, in he the was early great. aughts? Did well, he, yeah, he had like a sh- show. Did he? I remember Rock of that, Love, where he slept with yeah, women after yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was kind of that was a weird thing to do. Yeah, I mean, he really didn't care. Talk about not caring what other people think. Yeah, boy, I wish I had that. Wait, who's the now, who's the lead singer of Motley Poison? Crue? Oh, that's um, the lead singer of Motley Crue. Oh, God, why, why are you doing this? I should know I, this. It, I'm so sorry, you but know, I did a thing I'm where a I, I I fr- I flipped him. I flipped him, I think. Poison is Brett Michaels and um, Motley Crue. Well, who's the guy with the... Because Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee and everybody. Right now, people are listening. I know. Are you kidding me? so angry. You don't know Motley Crue? You've lost 10 to 11 fans. Vince Neil. Vince Neil. Vince Neil. Yes. Because they were both like the blondes of the... Maybe all of Poison was blonde. I don't know. Dude, I remember I was with Tom Arnold at... I did this TV show that was the worst TV show in history. And it was me, Tom, Ed McMahon, a couple other people... And uh, Tom's like, hey, buddy, we're going to go to the Havana room, the Grand Havana room. I don't know if it still exists, but it's in Beverly Hills. I'm like, all right, man. He's like, all right, buddy. And we go to this place. And Mel Gibson's there at the time. This is pre-drunk race, racist banter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he comes, comes up to the table. like, how are you guys going to sit with you guys? It's like, Tom, what's up? He knew Tom. He didn't know me. I was like, I, was like, and I remember... Mel Gibson and I going back and forth with impressions. Oh, nice. You know, he was yeah. doing impressions. I do impression. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then Vince Neil shows up. I'm like, what? I'm dreaming. <laughs> what is this? And he was obliterated. Yeah. He was so hammered. And he kept shooting these doubles, these triples of drinks. And it was a joke where it was like, how is he standing? So we always talked like if I, you know, if I ever got drunk or a friend, we would say you were either quarter Vince, uh-huh. you were either half Vinced. Or you're yeah. Vinced. And it, <laughs> that feels right. You know, that feels because right. I mean, yeah. if you were if you were a quarter Vince, you were hammered. Yeah. But half Vinced, <sighs> how are you? And but full yeah. Vince, no one gets full Vince. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, he drank a lot at that time. Oh my god. Yeah. You just when you say that you're with Tom Arnold and you're going to the Havana Room, it just reminds me how many different Los Angeleses there are or Beverly Hills everywhere but like and even just within show business like mm-hmm. the the experience that you choose to have or have access to or can have uh, or walk away from there's so many different I think like, I, I just, think I've lived them all I mean I think I've lived them all my favorite is the one I live now which is you know, I'm not a drinker. I'm not really. A sm- I'm not a smoker. I don't really. I don't do drugs. I mean, occasional recreation. I went to Burning Man. I did a Molly like, a couple of years back. But you know, I don't do Mollies every day. It was like a one-time thing. But like, um, I think I've experienced like, and that's part of finding yourself. I think now I finally am at the place where I'm doing art therapy on Friday nights, and I'm going to an occasional hockey game or the beach or a hike or game nights or barbecues. Very, you know, a little more adult. Where then I was just like, uh, I want to be famous, you know. Oh my God, recognize me, uh, you know. Yeah. Girls, uh, drugs. Yeah. Well, how you old know? were you when you started working? I mean, I started, you know, out of college. I went to New York to do off off Broadway, like way the like New Jersey Broadway. Did you study theater <laughs> in Kentucky? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And uh, so I went to New York and I started <laughs> doing voiceover work. Don't worry, I heard you say Jersey. I'm <laughs> laughing but, now. Yeah, that's Jersey Row. Yeah, uh-huh. whatever. I mean. Um, you got to keep going if you say something. Either, yeah. You know, it's either you know, you, you know you're going to either go, oh, or you're gonna go oh. maybe later in the episode, you're like, oh my god, when I listened to that, that was actually all right. Yeah, but um, 
What are they saying? Um, so, you know, I, but I live that life. I live that lifestyle where it's just like, you know, your friend picks you up at 1030 on a Tuesday night. And you hit some <laughs> club and go to. And that's been like 15, 15 years since I've done something like that. Yeah. And it was just. I didn't know. You know, I think it's like I, I didn't know myself at all. I didn't know who I was. I don't know what life I was living. I was looking in the mirror going, who are you? Like yeah. literally, who the fuck are you? I don't even yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. I was just kind of lost. It was like, all of a sudden you're getting, you know, it's it's a it's a very tricky business. Like if you're not careful, like for approval and self-esteem, it could be huge because you're like, oh my God. But those are dangerous things. And I have learned the hard way. Um, but, um, you know, you have to have that stuff. You have to have, like, self-esteem. You have to have self-worth. And if you're looking, at through, for, uh, looking for it through other people, then and I think that's what a lot of people do. It's just kind of lost souls, and they bury themselves in, like, alcohol and drugs and, and clubbing and partying. You know, I think everybody goes through a phase. And if you're going through a phase and you have a good head on your shoulders, and I did, thankfully. I think, I, you know, I was like, eh, you know what? This isn't. Like, yeah. First of all, I can't hear anybody in these places. Dude. Secondly, I hate the music. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just wish they'd turn on some Jim Croce. Yeah. Or some uh, Steely Dan. Uh-huh. Maybe America. Yeah. Some eighties music. Yeah. You know, Christopher Cross. <laughs> I can keep going. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> but uh, you know, and I went to these places thinking, oh, I'm gonna find the one. I'm gonna, you know, and you don't find the one there. Yeah. You're never gonna find the one where was, you know, some girls in her high heels on a table, yeah. slipping on, uh, you know, acid or something, yeah. slipping. Yeah. <laughs> Tripping, tripping on acid, slipping. I don't know what's on the floor there. It yeah. could be that it's just sheets of acid everywhere. You're slipping around like nobody's business. And she's not going to find the guy. Yeah. She's not going to go, oh, yeah, that guy right there. Who's... He's he's his best self here oh in this club. Oh, my God. Club. How many beautiful people? I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I was just always looking around going, oh, my God, everybody here is more beautiful than I am. I mean, well, I or, gonna... or everyone here is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Please. No, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like you feel, it makes you feel worse. Well, I was wondering, I mean, that's one of the things that is so hard, like the formula of being a younger person like anywhere from 15 to even 25 for me the idea of of picking up that version of myself and dropping it into a business where like even just the hierarchy of who's more famous in a young group of people at a club feels to me like it just would have made me feel like garbage all the time like oh I'm on this show but that's Lindsay Lohan or like she's on that but over there's Paris Hilton or whatever like what a weird like way to value and then immediately for me find a way to to like fuck with myself and go like I'm I'm nothing I'm not important isn't that something like like Comparing yourself with other people is one of the worst things you can. It's like poison. And we all have done Not it. The we band. all have it. No, it is. I, I honestly, we've all gone through that stage where it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I had that. I do. You know, it's your life can be so meaningful, and you could have so much purpose, and you know, by just doing the right things, by you know, not going to clubs, by going for a walk or a hike or, you know, donating. Like, I've, I'm telling you, this isn't something that I, I, I've known. I'm sharing stuff with you that I'm learning. Like, yeah. you know, altruism to me is like, is something that is really important to me to, to do something. There's this hockey player who said, his name is Mark Messier. I don't really care if you like hockey. It doesn't matter. But he said something is like, you know, a, a real person, a real human being is is how he is, he acts how he does when the cameras aren't rolling. And I feel like I've been, how many like sets you've been on or you've been somewhere where 
cameras are rolling or B cam or there's people around to see you and you're like, oh, there's a kid. Hey, oh my God. Oh, look, Michael's so good with kids. You know, and it's like they see me, they see that I'm good. Right, right. Now, it's really a great feeling when there's no fucking buddy around and you just do a good deed because you want to help somebody or you just like want to make someone smile or happy. To me, that means more than anything. I, 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 I get a kick out of like, you know, I make it a mission if I ever go into a Burger King, which hasn't been recent, but, you know, I will attempt to. But, you know, somebody at the counter is just like not having a bad day. I will do whatever I can to make their day. I don't care what it is. I'm going to go. I'm going to make that person smile. I'm going to have a moment with this person. I'm going to yeah. take time out of my day just to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they might be like, I don't need, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But like, I just think that there's something cool about, you know, I was just driving by here and I saw some guy on the side just doing construction. I go, Hey, afternoon, bud. How are you? I was like, pretty good, man. Yeah. It's just a connection. It's not like it, it was just two people going, Hey. There's so much shit going on in the world that it's like it's yeah. so easy to just be nice. Absolutely. So that- I'm always shocked when somebody is I'm I, like it doesn't surprise me when someone is sort of in neutral and it doesn't, you know, they're not super open or super friendly, but when someone is just outright unpleasant, I really walk away thinking like Poor I would die. Yeah, if I had if those were my everyday interactions all the time, I would want to be dead. I mean, I just wouldn't because those little moments are so key. Like they yeah, accumulate, the they build up. That's your foundation, you know, to, to have those moments where you're like, I recognize you. I don't know you, but I recognize you. And like, you know, I would rather you walk away from an experience with me feeling better about your day than feeling worse about yeah. humanity, yeah. you know? And I still look, we're not perfect. I catch myself. No, of course. Like, I catch myself like, you know, we all have days where like, uh, I'm a little crankier. I'm a little. Whatever. Of course. But. You know, it is it is easy to be nice. It's 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 so much more energy and so so much worse for you to to be negative, to yeah. be you know hateful, to be you know. I mean, you see it everywhere. It's, it's just something. I mean, there's, I hate to, this, the cynicism and the shit that we live with today. Is just like you know, and that's another thing. You didn't see it as much. I asked my dad. I said, "Hey, um, God, was it ever this bad?" He's like, "Yeah." We didn't have all the TVs or the technology to see everything or the iPhones where everybody could see everything that's going on. Yeah. But it was, you know, you have your Vietnam, you have a country split in half, you have, you know, all these different wars and different presidents and left wing and right wing. And now it's extreme this, extreme that. I think it's always been there. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, if there is a God, I always say, if whether you believe in God or not, I always think maybe he's just saying, look, they have a choice. I gave him this planet. If that's what you believe or not. Right. I, I created this beautiful planet. Whatever. I, I, Big Bang Theory, I believe it. Single cell, like, yeah. You know, evolution. We don't have to get into that. I'm just saying, like, I'm going to see if these people either come together and help each other and save this planet that I've given him. This beautiful ocean, these trees, and, this, and these souls, and, you know, um, or are they going to destroy each other? And destroy what I've given them and destroy this planet and end the world. Is this what they're going to do? And they have the choice to do that. 
I, you know, could it be just a, a game in a way? Mm-hmm. Could it be? Listen, I, I feel like some people believe that aliens, everything that you just said except aliens, are, were, the, were alien experience or experiments, rather. Did you not that, like, listen they, to Joe Rogan? Isn't that what Prometheus kind of was about? It's sort of, but listen, way I lost more, the thread. Way more complicated. I really lost the thread. It's so complicated. Anybody who says, oh my God, that was a brilliant movie, it was brilliant because yeah. maybe either A, you're incredibly smart or tons smarter than me, which is probable, or B, you're just full of shit. And you, uh-huh. just, you, you love it because no one else does. Yeah. But one or the other. But like, I, I think that there's there's a certain element to, you know, the thought of like, it's so easy to be nice. It's so easy to just be like, you know, my dad even says, well, yeah, what about we have a my half sister has like a chromosomal thing and she's like, she can't move. She's like, you know, she's like the oldest living um human being or not the oldest, but one of who has this disease called trisomy 13. I think it is. She's on my arm. I tattooed her arm. But, um, you know, and he's like, you know, if there's a God, would, would he have, you know, would he create this? And, you know, that's always the question, right? It's always the number one thing people go to. And again, I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church. I don't believe in uh, a certain religion. I just have, like, I have faith. I yeah. believe in God. That, that's just me. I, you know, I have tons of friends who say they're atheists and we, you know, we can talk about it. But I um, see Dad, the only thing I could say is if everybody was perfect and nobody had disabilities and everybody was born healthy and there then there wouldn't be such a thing called empathy and there wouldn't be humanity because you wouldn't really need it because everybody's perfect everybody's healthy everybody there's no sick we don't have to raise money we don't have to be philanthropic and uh, altruistic and so i i don't know the answer to it and i'm not saying that but i maybe you know cuz then we'd all we wouldn't even know those words and those words are the sort of the, the reason for life yeah. and to have empathy to care about other people to to have humanity to show humanity and so i mean there's no answer for it because you can't talk to a man who has a child that has that and say oh well i have the answers because i don't right i don't know anything about religion and you don't know to your point you don't know if that man is going to say i I, you know what i i believe god has a plan or i believe the universe is a plan and and you know this doesn't like that like seeing someone i love go through this does not make me i've chosen not to be angry at something you know yeah. what I mean? I've chosen to have a different relationship to that. And, yeah. and, but, but that's, you know, my dad said the exact same thing when, when I was growing up was like, you know, that's a really, especially if you are still, I do feel like my dad is, has a certain spirituality to him, sure. but he absolutely is like time and again, when he sees a friend die of cancer or he sees any other number of horrible things happen to people, he's like, he'll, he'll absolutely say like, and this is why I don't believe in God. Why would I want to believe in somebody who would let all of this happen? You know? And I'm like, I totally get that. I, you can never have a conversation with a person of faith because they will say, I get that, but you're, you're oversimplifying it. And I can't ever get you to change your mind because you're coming from a place of, I would hate that thing or that person. And if you're not, you know, if you just have a different outlook on, on the way the world works, those are just they're, those things are never going to mesh. Like I don't think you yeah. can convert one to the other if it's that, if you fiercely believe that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's sort of like in a way it's with the whole left wing and right wing. It's like there's no way to talk. There's no way to reason with either side. Like I'll sit here and say, you know, I'm not coming from a liberal side. I'm coming from someone who kind of like listens to both sides and goes, you know. But sometimes I'm like, fuck, man, CN- CNN. As much as I'm like, fuck Fox, they're just like so right. It's like, are you kidding? Right wing. And 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 then I turn CNN and I'm like, some of these people who are talking are like so left. 
It's like if I'm watching this as a Republican, I'm like, fuck these guys. And if I'm as a liberal watching Fox, I'm like, why can't there be something in the middle that's just like, you know, I guess like an NPR or a, you know, but it's, it's the same thing. It's like, how could you come halfway? How could you meet me halfway? How could, you know, like, hey, Joe, my friend Joe, you're an atheist. And, you know, I believe in God. But, you know, um, are you sure you're an atheist? He's like, are you sure you believe in God? I'm like, well, you know, I think for me it's just like a feeling. I don't know. Yeah. Because shit happens. A lot of bad shit's happened to me. I've seen a lot of awful shit. And I could easily say, oh, you know, there's, but there's something. There's also those people who say I believe in God because they want to go to heaven. Right. And that's the only reason. Instead yeah. of actually feeling and going logically, could there be a well? You know, it hasn't been just discounted. I mean, there, you know, scientists can't say there's not a god. But my thought is always like, well, how you know, you can't create something from nothing, right? That, that's it's as simple as that. I, you just can't. It's like, well, Big Bang theory. I'm like, I believe it. Of course, the Big Bang theory happens four billion years ago. That happened four point whatever. Okay. But what, but, but what caused that? What caused that? But then, if you really want to get scientific, if you really want to like look at me and go, okay. Who did that? Okay, let's say God did that. Let's say God created the Big Bang Theory and aliens and everything, right? I'm like, okay, who created God? You can't create something <laughs> from nothing, Adam Sandler. So I don't know. All I can tell you is that I just have this belief that, you know, this, this I guess it's a feeling. It's like maybe it's just that inside of me, that feeling of like hope and goodness and, you know, faith that like, you know, you look at some animals and some fish and certain things in the world and you're like, that is just too, look how we like, look at the, you know, how a woman gives birth in the process. It's just like how all these things work to each, everything works, every creature, everything is doing their own thing. It's just by happenstance, it just seems really difficult for me to comprehend. That's the only reason I felt like, you know, I'm definitely not atheist. I'll tell you that. Yeah. By the Did way, you do you get so that? serious on this thing? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I shouldn't be funnier. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Because I, you know, I could. No. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because I can't. Let's go back I, and I record over let's this. Record. I gotta record God, over this. <laughs> let me tell you, hey, it's well, God. Well, I want. I'm Harry Carey here. I do want to ask you because you were before we kind of got really truly into the kind of idea of the spirituality and God um, with some of the other stuff you were talking about. You said you felt like you were coming into it late. Is that what did you feel like when you were a teenager? Did you have a sense of there's a God? Did you go to a temple? You mentioned that you were Jewish. Like, did you observe? Did your family observe? Or or did you not think about it one way or the other and then come to this kind of idea of feeling you know, like there's something later? Look. I don't, you know, I was bar mitzvahed, but my grandfather taught me how, I read it phonetically. So when I said, I read it like in English, like the sounds, Baruch, B-A-H-R-U-C-K, Baruch, C-H. And I just, that's how I learned it. And then everybody gave me some money at my bar mitzvah and it was kind of like nerve wracking. And then I did it and then, oh, mazel tov and... I was like, what the fuck is this? Then we went to Indiana, and there was like one temple. My dad didn't like the rabbi, and then religion's done. Yeah. And I never went into... T so sometimes I go to church with some friends. like, Rosenbaum, if Michael Rosenbaum's spending the night here at this house, he's going to church with us. Right. Hey, you want to go to church? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Aren't you a Jew? I'm like, I don't care. I'm not, I don't even know anything about being a Jew. I don't know anything about being a Christian. All I know is it's like, every, yeah, I'll go to church. Yeah. Just please don't have them ask. I, my fear was always that the pastor's going to go, we have a guest I here. Know, I know. Who are you? Michael Rosenbaum? <laughs> it's it's Baum. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, Jew boy. From, <laughs> hey, tell us, 
what was God saying yeah. in, pa- in in Psalms? I don't even. I don't know anything. Yeah. Like I don't know anything about religion. If you like, you know, you know, if you ask me, like, you know, God's disciples, I go, oh yeah, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Right. Right. <laughs> Aren't those that they sang? And like, yeah. no, I don't know anything. But all I do, yeah. I'm telling you, mine is strictly comes from like observing my friends who are Mormon, Christian, Jewish. Muslim, I swear to God, I have friends that are everything. Yeah. And I listen to it all. And I go, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about you? It's so easy. It's like, who gives a shit what you believe? Believe what you want to believe. Just don't tell anybody else how to, what that to believe wrong, in. Or they, yeah. No. And so what I hate is when people are like, if you don't believe this, you're going to die. Or you're going to, the extreme shit is just like. But also, and, it's hard to hear somebody like you. You see, like someone like Bill Maher, who is so contemptuous of people. And, and by the way, faith, it pisses me off. It's hard. That's it pisses hard to me off. To. I got to tell you, because my mom talks about how much she loves Bill Maher, and she met him, and I love. I go, you know what? He is the opposite of, opposite of someone who who is saying, God, if you don't find God, you're going to die. He's exactly the same, but on the other, he's the right to the left. He's completely like, oh, and these people who believe in God. Let me tell you about God and his big beard. I'm like, you know what? You're a dick. You're, yeah. you're disrespecting everybody who believes in religion. So fuck off. Yeah. So that's how I feel about Bill Maher. Like, I don't hate him. I think he's funny. But if he just is like, I just think he gets so, there's so much disdain. There's so much like, I don't know what happened to cause that. And like, it's like, anyway. But for me, religion was always like, we just didn't really talk about it. You know, um, I remember horror movies. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my pray the Lord my soul to yeah. keep and if I die. Oh, that was Metallica too. Nice and creepy to drop in the Lord's yeah. prayer. And, and I would say it. Movie. And I always felt like, you know what? Gee, man, I'd like to go to heaven. Or, you know, uh, wow, it feels good to say something nice. Or it feels nice to have faith in something. You know, just to go to bed at night and close your eyes and say, hey, I'm grateful for this. And, you know, th- thank God or thank, thank whoever you want to thank. I don't right. care who you thank. Right. It's just nice to have that sort of mentality. And my parents never pushed religion on me. In fact, you know, if it was anybody who made the most Jew jokes, it was me. Always. You know, my dad was like, hey, come on, you're a Jew. I'm like, <laughs> eh, not really. I am, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. That's like, on yeah, you, Dad. Yeah. My grandfather always would say, it wasn't making fun of Jews, but like we, um, they're in upstate New York where they have this like little place, the Catskills. We'd, I'd take my grandparents in this little rowboat. And it was actually an inflatable raft. Great. And I would, Row them out, R- Rosenbaum, <laughs> and, I, and I would do this, and they'd be there. You know, they, we'd be all talking. My grandmother would bring like a little picnic in the thing. We were about to sink at any minute, and across the way there was all these Hasidic Jews. And every time we went out, I go, "Hey, Irv," to my grandfather, "You see him?" And he go, "Hasidim." Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, you see him? And you know what? To this day, he's got Alzheimer's, and the guy is. 93 years old, he's like my best friend in the world. And it's been really hard on my grandmother, myself, the family. Yeah. And um, even now, like with his Alzheimer's, they just put him in a memory facility. And I was FaceTiming the other day. I go, Irv. He goes, what? I go, there's two things he remembers. One, you see him? Chasidim. He remembers that. And the other thing he remembers is, I always used to play this game when he had his mind. Like he would, he just got so upset. But the whole family would be around. I say, Irv. If you had to sleep with one of Blanche's friends, what are we doing here? <laughs> if you had to sleep with either Lorraine Beckenstein or you had to sleep with 
Audrey or Gugu, her friends, who would it be? And my family's all laughing. He's like, I don't want to do this game. This is nonsense. It's I want a gun. Can I have a gun? Can I shoot my... No, Irv, you cannot shoot yourself. You must sleep with Blanche's friend. And by this time, my grandmother's kind of laughing. And then my grandma goes... You like Gugu. What's the matter with him? He's like, what? It's just like this. Aunt. So he does also remember that. Even like I, I said that, I go, hey, if you had to sleep with one of Blanche's friends, she goes, what are we doing? Like there's still that like oh, essence great. of him that I'm hanging on to. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I was never religious. You know, um, I think it all comes from just, uh, I think it's a feeling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's such a good feeling. Feeling to, who is that? I don't it's know. Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, how could I not know that? How could you not know that? You really embodied it so much that I thought maybe it was just you. Won't you be mm-hmm. my neighbor? I haven't seen that movie. Have you seen that movie? No, but I did see that. I, it people was good. are into me. I, I cry. Too. I, did I cry it. very easily. Uh, I didn't so cry. I, I, I liked it. I, I think I teared up. But uh, the Tom Hanks movie is coming out where he plays Mr. Rogers. I mean, I don't I got to see the I got to see the documentary before. Yeah, I see it's that, really good. Surely. It's good. I cried. I just it just doesn't matter. I, I you know, drop of a hat. I'm uh, like, oh, that bore hat. Someone dropped the hat. It's so sad. I cried at Wilson. Remember, uh, what was the movie? Oh, Co- please. What was it called? I had to walk away from the movie. Wilson. Oh, Sorry, God. Wilson. I was not well. How I does was a like man. Shuddering with sobs. How does a man make you cry, crying to a, a, a volleyball? Oh my God. And he did. Absolutely. You, may, you got me. Tom Hanks for an hour and a half with nobody uh, else on an island. Yeah. Got me. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Sorry. That one. And then people know this is a weak point of mine. What? When Christopher Lloyd dips that single shoe in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he dips a shoe into the dip to show everyone that the, it kills cartoons. So he just picks some random innocent shoe. Just picks it up. The shoe is excited to be picked up. The shoe is a sweet little cartoon. So he's like, hey, we're going to be friends. Doesn't talk. But it's like smiling like, I'm a bouncy and shoe. And he kills him. And, he's, and then he just lowers the shoe into the dip. And as the shoe is melting, melting into the dip, the shoe looks up at Christopher Lloyd like, why? Like, you just in his eyes, he's like, why is this happening to me? And then he's gone. <gasps> oh, my God. I saw you get a little emotional. Yeah, I don't like that. Mm. Yeah, I could see it. You, it, it got you. Yeah, I don't like that. Was that was supposed to be a funny thing in the movie? No, it was definitely supposed to be like, oh, this guy's a monster. Yeah, that's a monster. That's not a, a redeeming quality at all. It was very all. effective. Yeah. Did you were you like a big TV kid? What did you love? Do you have shows that you had to like get home to see and stuff? Well, or it's like, funny. Well, we're going to the movies, like you said. <laughs> going to the movies at seven. That's a big deal. I mean, look, I for some reason I liked, I liked black shows. I loved Sanford and Son. I loved. Um, good times those are the shows i love different strokes i loved i really did i also loved all in the family because he was like this idiot sort of you know yeah guy who just was he just was ignorant but i don't think he was really racist he just was not very bright you know yeah oh, we did the, you know yeah. i love that i love um i i you know i just remember watching like what was that i bet we've been together for a million years Oh, was that Family Ties? Yes. Yeah. Love Family Ties. Um, what else? I remember you said Christopher Lloyd, Taxi. I, I I like Taxi. I like the theme. The theme makes me cry. Can you play the theme song to Taxi? Or you can't play that? because it- I don't know. I think you can play up to like something seconds of anything before you get into a ton of trouble. 
But Taxi, that theme was so emotional. Yeah. It just made me think of New York. All right, What's ready? that one like? Is that P? Oh, you're going to play it? Oh, please. It starts out with a little penny whistle. What are you going to do? Or a flute? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't believe that's the theme to Taxi. Now that I'm thinking about it. And you, and you that see. Is, that's like highly emotional. It music. is. And you see a taxi going over the George Washington Bridge. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my, at that time, my grandparents and a lot of family were alive still. So, and I remember Christopher Lloyd. There was, this, I think it's probably the most hysterical moment. And in fact, I asked him this when I met him. I met him at one of those conventions. Sure. And I asked him about it. But there's a scene where Jim, and he's not really a bright guy, Jim. And he goes to take his um, dri- driving test. And everybody goes with him, you know, to help him. And he's sitting there and he looks up and he, he has this thing when he talks. Uh, and um, they're looking at him there for help, all the other guy, taxi drivers. And he goes, what do you do with a yellow light? And the guys are like, slow down. And he goes, what do you do at a yellow light? And they go. Jim, slow down. What do you do? And it goes on. Yeah. You know what that's like called? like a minute and a half. That's called James L. Brooks is the, Brilliant. Is the master of taxi. And that's called early Simpsons joke, right? Because that's what the Simpsons was gorgeous at. Oh, it they was did like, that? We'll take something to the end of it being funny. And then we will continue doing it, and then it will come back around to being hilarious. About the end, just he's the like, bravery of like, what? Keep- <laughs> 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 it just kills me. Watch it, you guys. Trust me. Watch Taxi Jim uh, at the driving. It, it is. It is really great. It holds I, up. I saw it happen. I mean, listen. Obviously, I do a great Christopher Lloyd. Were you? I don't you, do a Christopher when Lloyd. Did you, but you just did. Well, I, I tried. Uh, to be obviously, you did one. It was well, obvious you. that you did a great one. Um, when did you start? Like, did you like? Were you? Because that's a very specific thing, right? People, the friends of ours that have that do like solid impressions. Did it start? Like, does it start out as like, oh, I'm just like without even thinking about it. Like, you don't even know that you're good at it. You just sort of are telling a story like that. Yeah. Even when you're younger and going like, and then and then you know Homer's like, wait, mate, and then you're like, wait, huh. I mean, that was kind of good. I can't you know what do I mean? That. Like, I think for me it was just like I honestly was uh, a dork in high school, and I spent the weekends up, like, borrowing my parents' VCR to d- dub. Yeah, they called you know duplicate movies that I'd rented and put a piece of tape over it so it would let it dub yeah. and oh, yeah. watching movies and watching trailers and listening and listening and watching and not going. And I had I guess a good ear because I think I the first time was like Saturday Night Live and I. I had to watch my brother at home and I'd watch SNL. My parents would come home and all of a sudden I'd be, you know, I'd do Fernando. Like, my daddy always told me, he said, Fernando, don't be a schnook. It's not how you feel. It's how you look. He looked absolutely marvelous. And I would do this old impression. Like, you guys probably wouldn't know it now. But then my parents were like, and I noticed, like, it was the only way to make my dad laugh. He wouldn't, uh, you know, only, I started making people laugh doing impressions. Like, I was yeah. doing Harry Carey before, you know, the yeah. announcer for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing that, like, in the 80s going, you know, here's the ground ball, the way to say over the Durham. <laughs> hey, you ever open a box of Cracker Jacks? <laughs> this has got to be the most asinine thing in the world <laughs> for a, a child of humble origins. Open up a box of Cracker Jacks, <laughs> and there's no prize inside. <laughs> hey, check out the guy in the sombrero. <laughs> and then, I, you know, I would, I would always hear Harry Carey. And then walking, I remember 
you know, I was with Kevin Spacey. I was doing a movie with him, and he and I would do back to, you know, we were the first one. I'm telling you, we were yeah. the first ones doing Spacey. Kevin Pollock. Doing, Kevin Pollock was yeah, I was an early doing, yeah, I was doing a long well, time ago with. Know. What do I know? But yeah, but we would always sit there and go, this is great. You know, your son. I remember watching um, this True Romance. There's that scene. Is your son, fuckhead that he is. And that bitch or girlfriend, it took my narcotics. Now, I know you know where they are, so <laughs> tell me. So I would remember that. I remember watching, you know, in class, like watching. I know it's not good. I'm a Jew, but I could say it. I was watching. We had to do a dialects class, take it for acting. And so we had to do like German, like a German accent. So I remember watching Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List. And I watched it like over and over. And I sort of did a monologue that he gives, which is kind of distasteful, but he's like, you know, this, they cast a spell on you. You know, the Jews, when you work with them, you see this. They have this, they have this power. And I would do this, you know, whole, and I would just learn like I was speaking German. You yeah. Know, and I would watch things. And I, and I, you know, yeah, it wasn't a good idea to do that speech. <laughs> People were like, why is he talking about that? And, um, but like, I would just always listen to stuff. I remember the Academy Award, they showed a clip from um, In the Line of Fire with John Malkovich. And I remember memorizing it for some reason. Everybody was that. I was in college going, no, what you could, I remember Clint Eastwood, and I asked him this because I met him, and because I did in, uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and I did this movie, and I go, hey, you know in the movie In the Line of Fire? He goes, yeah, I remember. I was in it. I go, you know when, um, <laughs> you know, you say that line, you have a rendezvous with my asshole, motherfucker. <laughs> did you, did, did you improvise that? He goes, well, I might have ad-libbed a little, yeah. <laughs> and uh, But I remember watching John Malkovich. He goes, no, what you couldn't possibly know. And I was like, I, I think I can do this. Oh, I my think God. If I That's just a good one. Do this like if he talks like this. No, you listen to me. And I yeah. And then Spacey. I've did, never heard anyone do Malkovich. I yeah, think. I do it for Dax Shepard That's loves great. that. Name drop. Dax loves it. Yeah. And I do, um, I, I did Spacey to Spacey. I go, no, do me a favor, will you? Um, go to this place on Sunset. And while you're there, um, pick me up some of that um, juicy fruit or whatever. I said yeah, something. Yeah, I go, yeah. no, God damn it. Listen to me. And he goes, what are you doing? And I go, I'm, I'm, be, I'm doing you. He goes, I don't talk like that. <laughs> and I just would fuck with him like that. Um, <sighs> but that's how I sort of, I just like Buffalo Bill, you know, I'd watch the movie and I'd go, hey, uh, you're about a size 13. You, know, you don't know what pressure, you don't know what pain is. And I would just do that whole thing. Yeah. You know? And I would just, I, I think I just, when someone was like, oh my God, listen to this. I wanted to do more. Yeah. People liked it. It's entertaining. It's always, it's also a coping skill. I think, you know, if I don't want to be me, if, if I just am, because my whole life I think has been just not trying to be me being, me being someone else, mm. you know, which we can get to that briefly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I always felt like if I do impressions, they'll leave me alone. They'll just be happy with that guy. Yeah. And that's kind of like, the, I think that's the reason I, I did it. Once I started, I go, wow, I, okay, they think I'm good at this. So I'll do this. I'll make everybody laugh and then they'll want me around. Yeah. I didn't know, but I didn't, I, 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 that's not something that I would, would I know that? Like, what? this is a weird thing to that say. they want like, me around? No, would I know that, <laughs> would I, would, are, are, are fans of yours going like, Janet, how did you not know already that you're like, he's a, does brilliant impressions? Is this no, like a thing no, that no, everyone I, knows? I think people ask me sometimes you know I mean? about impressions, you know, and I just like, you know, I, 
I just do them. Even if I can't do them, I'm like, you know, I always think of Owen Wilson, you know, I say, oh, this is great. You know, it's like great podcast you got here. It's like, yeah, I like to I try know. to do Owen Wilson. You can really do it. Like, yeah, man. Well, wow. you have a really sweet wow. house. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like how you do it yourself. Yeah, it's too. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, so it's just like you could just like try <laughs> things. You get better at them, better at them. But, um, but I, that's the thing. As I don't have the, like, I don't, there's no drive in me to get better. It's who do you like, want to do? You want to, you want to do one? I'm going to help you do it. Yeah. I mean, you can sure. try walking. It's just easy because. Uh, it's the back of your throat. Yeah, like, it's, like, I want you to say, your son. Your son. Your son. Your son. That's pretty good. A little late, more laid back with it. Your son. Your son. Fuckhead. Fuckhead. That he is. That he is. It's good. It's like zombie meets walking, like a zombie meets walking. Yeah. But you could do it, like, but you're doing a man. So if you could, like, think of a woman's voice. A female's voice that you could do. I mean, if you could do a man's voice, that's an incredible talent. It'd yeah. be incredible if I could do a female's voice, yeah. right? But, um, but if you could, if you could listen to your favorite something, that, someone who has a distinct voice that you could really go, they'll know who that is. Like my friend Sherry O'Terry did. Um, what's her name? Barbara Walters. Yeah. Hi, we're here, the Baba Waba, and she did, and she did, and she was awesome. Yeah. So I think you could do it because you, you got the improv thing. You're funny. So whenever I had an audition for stuff like Mad TV or us, I I never auditioned for SNL. Uh, whenever I had audition for something that was LA based because I was afraid to move to New York, uh, that's they would always say like you know three original characters and three impressions, and it would always I would I had nothing to fall back on. I would be like, well, I need to start from scratch. Like uh, you know, I don't. This is not something I ever think about until it's asked of me, yeah, and then I would sort of work on something that was pretty good for you know what I was auditioning for and then I would promptly completely forget like I remember doing like I think I did like Kim Cattrall and like Heidi Klum and someone else I couldn't tell you either I just somehow I was like, "What do I? Maybe Reese Witherspoon well, because kind of, she's sort of like when she's obscure, in her most so that could southern." Be cool. You could probably let me hear the Reese Witherspoon. Um, Katsy, I don't. I would have you to do it. Like, if you just said, "I don't get it," it's like kind of a little southern thing. Well, yeah, because she gets real down in here when she gets like self righteous about something. Yeah, like she sort of lives in that place, you know. You, you, but, by the way, you kind of look like her when you did that. Yeah, Your well, face I think kinda, I picked people that I was like, "Okay, how could I'm I pass blind, for this I could person?" Do that. People would yeah, buy it. yeah, yeah. For me, it was just sort of like, uh, you know. Uh, need attention, need approval. I guess that will do it for me, because it yeah. all started from high school. I remember I finally did a, did a play, and I remember this popular kid goes, because I was the shortest kid in my high school, and he goes, "You were funny in that play," <laughs> and he walked away, and I go, "Well, I guess I'll keep doing that <laughs> because now my approval's up here, my self esteem's sure, up here, sure. and that's." But the the unfortunate thing about that is if, if if you're living right for approval. It kind of gets, you kind of get lost. You're like, why don't I feel any? I think that was a problem of mine. I was like, I feel like I'm charitable and I feel like I'm a good person and I help my friends. I just, I don't know. I feel like I don't feel it mm-hmm. like I should. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with self-worth and loving yourself and being compassionate to yourself. And when you can start, like I'm just starting to be like, hey, dude, you're you and you're a good dude. Even if you say it in the mirror, you're like, I love you, dude. You're 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 good yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's so stupid to say but like i'm just like no it's that there's a reason that that stuff works and that's what really, that's, really as i does. got older that was another thing it was like oh i don't have to be snarky about every single thing no, that is it's, about yeah. self-love like yeah, yeah. oh wait i can sort of embrace that my friend paul uh get, set, does one where he says um he just even just to himself whether he's looking in a mirror or not uh and i'm sure i've said this on the podcast before but he says uh i do enough I have enough. 
I am enough. Which is like, yeah. yeah. Which when you think about it, you're like, oh, those are the things that we all think. I don't have enough. I don't do enough. I don't do enough. I should be doing more. And I, I, I'm not, who am I? I'm not enough. God, no, I'm not even close. Like I'm, you know, I'm garbage. And I like those enough, three, I, I really, enough. I am I enough. By the way, you know what that Isn't is? Isn't that nice? That's the guy from Saturday Night Live. I'm smart enough and gosh darn it. People like yeah, me. Yeah, I think he probably, I but think it was, if, it I think it was taken, you. I think, yeah, he adapted from something real that actually sort of does, do you, do you does the trick. Do you know there's a, there's like a science. There's a science to um, gratitude, to well, being grateful. 100%. 100%. And it's the same with religion, art therapy, all of those things that are this sort of like, repetitive calming it's like action meditation right it's like action it's like yeah. you don't yes there's a stillness uh and that's the kind of the meditation we all think of but you can meditate that's why people love to fish or people you know you can meditate i love like pick it up there's a tons of river stones in my yard and I love whenever stones. i like really am just like frizzling out i love i mean it's so literal it's like buddhist monk cartoonish but I love just taking, like, I'll pull all of the rocks out and pull all of the, like, dead leaves and twigs and this and that and, like, kind of clean off the rocks and put them back. And I can do that for, like, eight hours because I think say, like, it's eight just minutes. this repetitive. I mean, I could do it for a day. Yeah. It's just this repetitive motion and, like, there's a result in the end and it's so basic. But there's something about that that just totally just kind of pulls out all the yeah. anxiety and i never knew that it was not it was like something i went to not like hey i got an idea this will make me feel better i think i came to it like ugh, i'm so even this like look there's a bunch of dog hair on the rocks and like ugh, i gotta get you know what i mean like spinning out and being like i gotta control something right i, I gotta clean something up yeah. and then sort of and then doing that and realizing like oh my blood pressure is oh, isn't I guess that amazing I how you get calm I actually you know and there's yeah and i think just saying like like being grateful, just say, you know, before I go to bed every night, I, I think of like, I try to think of things that I'm just really grateful for. And, you know, it, it does. Because I have horrible, like weird nightmares kind of have my whole life. And I sort of getting I get anxiety, not sort of I get anxiety when I wake up. I feel like I have anxiety, like from the dreams are so vivid and so yeah, yeah. like intense. And I feel like I'm living in them. And, yeah, it sucks to wake up feeling exhausted. But I, I you know? now I'm like, all right. Let's be good to yourself. This is what happens, but we know it's going to go away. So we're going to um, we're going to sit. Here. We're going to get up for a second immediately. We're not going to think about it. We're going to um, get some water. We're going to take a piss, and then we're going to meditate for a while, and uh, it's going to go away. Yeah. And, and in, even in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're probably on minute 18, and I can feel it going away. Yeah. And then I go, okay, now you're going to wake up, and you're going to go walk the dogs, and you're not going to get on your fucking phone. You know, walk your dogs. You're gonna make them breakfast. You're gonna make you breakfast, and then you can look at your phone. Because yeah. that's what we're gonna do now. Yeah. We're gonna connect before we disconnect. Yeah. Or we're gonna connect before we connect. Yeah. You well, that's I mean? like that. It's that. It's that feeling of, you know, your brain thinks it's running everything. You know, you're like, oh wait, I, who am I? Oh, I must be my brain. So my brain has decided to be anxious. So I guess I'm anxious because that's the that's the, that's that's what's on the agenda. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what if I separate myself from that and go, no, 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 no. Now I'm in charge. We're not going to do that. You know, my We're going to do this instead. Yeah, my therapist says right? that's, uh, you know, your, um, wh whoever that is, the voice in your head, name the person. This really helped me. Mine was Mosley. Mine's Mosley is somebody who picked on me in eighth grade. But Mosley is just like, you know, when I'm like doing something and I feel the anxiety come, I go, hey, Mosley. 
Guess who's driving, bro? It's me. <laughs> so get the fuck back there. Yeah. You're not good enough. You're not yeah. a good artist. You're drawing. You suck. Yeah. Guess what? I don't care, man. I'm going to keep drawing. Yeah. And I'm going to be as horrible as I can. I don't care. Yeah. Fuck you, Mosley. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I gotta get into this mash game with you. Yeah, uh, I can't believe game. how long we've talked. This has been a pleasure and a joy. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, except I mean it. Oh, by I'm the like way, kidding. can I plug the podcast? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's do it. absolutely hundred um, percent. Does it sound like I'm plugging it now since I said that? No, but we and but look, listen, <laughs> we we baited everyone and we sort of wet everyone's whistle with uh with with Sullivan. We talked about it with him, uh, and he gave us sort of his his version of a snapshot of of it. Why don't you talk about it? You know, in love, in love with Michael Rosenbaum, Chris Sullivan, and uh, Chris Sullivan. He's just an amazing human being. I had him on my podcast, which is Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and um, I just adored him so much that I was like. He just makes me want to be a better human being. I just want to be a better person. He introduced me to the grateful thing where he would like text me every morning go, hey, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for this. And me and my, my engineer and I would we'd text back. I'm grateful. And at first it was kind of, oh, God, what's going on? What am I doing with my yeah. life? And then I was like, wow, this is really sweet. This is really nice. This is like starting out my day saying, hey, I'm grateful for this. And. I just loved Chris, and I said, hey, man, why don't we do a podcast? He's like, okay. So he came over, and we thought about what it would be, and we're like, you know, there's so much negativity and shit in the world, like what we're in love with, what we're grateful for, you know, like single. I'm single. He's married. Um, we have um, my engineer's a trans woman. My assistant was on there talking about me, why I'm single, and my ex-girlfriend came on with her kid talking about why it didn't work, and his wife is, co- you know, and coming on, and you know, like Seth Green and his wife and Chrissy Metz from This Is Us. Just like a bunch of great guests. And we just like we have a hotline. People can call in and say, hey, Sully, Rosie, I can't get boners. And I'm like, well, dude, get a boner pulse. It's pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, and I'm the single approach and he's the married approach. And That's we great. have everything in between. So it's just a joy to do. And we're, we're, we're doing it for fun. But we're um, I think we really like it. Yeah. You know. It sure sounded like it, what he was talking about, and I, he made me excited to do it. And I mean, not made me. It was I actually love doing podcasts. Yeah. So yeah, it's in, in love, and it's yeah. on. It's gonna be on Mondays, and um, I think we start airing on the twenty sixth or twenty fifth or something. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to drop your episode. That's really professional talk. I wanted to drop your episode. Uh, yeah. Right around yeah, yeah. when uh, the podcast is available, so that people can just you know go right over, search for it on their uh, whatever well, app you. they use, and. Uh, and subscribe. Um, okay, let's get <laughs> into right, this yes, mash game. Let's do it. Uh, the first one I'm going to give you is uh, three 
people that you already know you can do an impression of that you have not met that you get to work with on a film? That I'd it's like very, to get to work with? Yeah, it's very Three people that I haven't... That, that I can, you have I, done it, that you know, that they're sort of in Malkovich, your, uh, I'd yeah. love to do a movie with right. Malkovich. John Malkovich. Yeah, I'd love, you know, and be like, no, you're going to do a movie with me, oh Frank. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm very excited The other one would Malkovich. be probably... I've never done... I would, I would do a movie with, let's see... I mean, Owen Wilson, probably. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Oh, this is great. It's like, my nose is really crooked. You got a great straight nose. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be neat. Um, and who would be the other one? Um, who's someone who's uh, alive that I did an impression of? I worked with Spacey. I worked dead. with Walken. They could be dead? Oh, yeah. you can say this that. Oh, Chris universe. Farley. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. That, that's a, that's an amazing story. I did this interview on A&E and about Chris Farley because he was my hero. And I just remember the day I was doing this crappy show with Tom Arnold. And he walks into the studio and everybody's laughing, but I don't know he's there. And I, I go, they can't be laughing at my lines. My lines aren't that funny. And I... <laughs> And I, I look over and Chris Farley's walking in. He's like, all right, how are you? Talking to everybody in the audience. And I go, oh my God, my idol's here. I have to do something. I have to say something. I go, hey, everybody, look. It's the big fat guy taking all the attention away from the skinny paw. <laughs> you know, who doesn't even have a career? And he goes, that's it. And he runs over me, picks me up over his shoulder, smacks me in the ass, runs to the audience. And I have pictures oh of it. And he's, God, yeah, it was amazing. legendary. So Chris Farley. Oh, I would have said Dudley Moore. Can we cha change Dudley Moore? Yeah, yeah. Change Dudley Moore know. with Owen Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Don't you hate Perry's wife? Uh, Didn't you ever see the movie Arthur? Yeah. I love it. Okay. I was obsessed with the movie 10 because oh, I saw yeah. it when I was too young. He's and so I was cute. like, oh, my God, it's super funny. And there's boobs. Like, uh, how did I get so lucky? There's boobs? Wait a minute. Um, yeah. I What's going on? That. Someone's looking at someone through a telescope and they're naked. This is uh, hot stuff. My first vagina was... Um, uh, I was with my grandma. And we were watching. That does not a story. No, that it's not a good start. Well. To, it's not a good start. Yeah. To a story. I'll tell you that. Um, we were watching Private Benjamin in the theater, and there's a shot in the where they're taking showers, and I'm like, "What's what happened? What's, what's happening right now? What's the hairy thing? Yeah, there's nothing dangling from it. <laughs> it's not a wiener." There's I'm so glad your first uh, sighting of a. We probably didn't see the actual vagina. We're probably talking about the exterior, but um, the exterior. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah see, uh, yeah, yep, you're right. Uh, that's the, and did you were you like oh I'm with my grandma? I think she took my hand and we went to the next theater. I think which was playing Flash Gordon. Oh, <laughs> so it's like enough of she's this. She's like okay, now Vige, <laughs> now Vige for my grandson. That's amazing. Uh, okay, next category: three places in the world that you would like to have a, a vacation home, and that doesn't mean it has to be sitting on a beach. If you like to vacation by seeing a new city, or you know, city or country it has to be yeah, country. anything, anything you want. Three cities. Um, I love, I'd love to have a place in Australia and, in, in, uh, I love Melbourne, Mel Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne, that Melbourne. Really, that was one of those places where, um, I love it. I, when so I, cool. when I touched down and came out, I lived in San Francisco for many years and I definitely came out going like, this is like, I flew really far away. I was on the plane for a very long time. Kind of feel like I'm in San Francisco. Right? I mean, I loved it. It was I wonderful. Know, I know, but you can go down to Byron Bay, and there's a lot of cool things. It's just, it's so laid back. I feel like it still feels like America, but like cooler. Laid, oh, for sure, for sure. Well, I don't know, cooler. Just I liked it. Yeah. I would say the other one would be probably. Um, I haven't been to Italy, but I have a feeling it'd be really cool. But I'm not that classy, so I don't know if Italy would be. I I, I would have to say somewhere. Honestly, the Midwestern thing. I maybe Austin. I haven't been to Austin, oh, but sure. I really 
here I'll like it. Yeah, I think you will like it. You know, and maybe somewhere, what's uh, sort of exotic? We can go somewhere. Maybe a nice place in like Hawaii. Huh? Sure, sure. So let's go, uh, not Oahu, what's the other one? Kauai. Kauai, great. And a little house in Kauai. Yes, beautiful. Okay, next category, we're going to do uh, three films that you can jump into. You're not in it you're not acting it it's not a film it's the world of that movie you can jump into it days and just confused. be in it great uh, i love to be in days confused um willy wonk and the chocolate factory yeah dude with a bullet absolutely um and slapshot it's a hockey movie oh i know Slapshot. isn't that yeah. uh paul newman yeah great 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 they great. brought their fucking toys with them <laughs> Reminds me, Reg, that I was coaching back in Omaha in 1948. Eddie Shore sends me this guy who's a terrible masturbator, you know, couldn't control himself. He would get in the penalty box in the middle of the game. He would just, <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> That's the exact line. Look it up. Sorry. Uh, great. Okay. Great movie. Uh, next category, three foods uh, that in this reality are either bad for you too hard to get because it's like oh i had this one hamburger and blah 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 once uh or you know you're allergic to it or you feel like it's not ecologically conscious in our alternate reality we're building here that doesn't exist there's nothing wrong with anything everything makes you feel good it's all good for you so you can have like pizza forever and nothing bad comes of it you, you know what i'm saying like all so right you just things, keep eating it never you can indulge you never get sick i of love it. apple pie with ice cream right um i love Really good fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Um, I love baked potatoes. Right. Wait, I love pasta too, but that's okay. Fine. When I looked at, when I think about ba- like the last time I had just like a baked potato it, in the way I used to just eat ba- baked potatoes all the time growing up, I'm like, that is a three, that's like a 180. Like, I truly never eat a baked potato Dude. for how often I used to. Do you know They're what I mean? They're so delicious. Just a little it's butter and a big really bit. Tasty. Just melts it all down. Yeah. Maybe a little sour cream on there. Yeah, you like A little like bacon sound? bits, but that's it. Yeah. No, I don't need no cheese on there. I don't, don't tell me about chives. I don't want any chives on there. Really? No chives? I don't, I don't like have to do chives. chives. I, don't I don't eat chives. Chives taste like I don't eat chives. I could take, yeah. Uh, okay, next category. Uh, this is alternate reality. We're talking about... Um, People that you would want to have, it could either be someone you're like, oh yeah, that, you know, Goldie Hawn's character from Private Benjamin, I want to be with her. Or it could be an actress or it could be a character in a book. But three people that you would like to have romantic slash sexy times with in this alternate universe we are creating. Oh, man. (laughs) Shit. Three. Um, I'm going to have to say, uh, what's her name from uh, Wolf of Wall Street? I never saw Wolf of Wall Street. The blonde, beautiful... She was in the ice skating movie. She played Tanya Harding. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Sure, sure. Fair enough. Um, Jennifer um, Morris. Jennifer, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Morrison. No, Morrison's my friend, not Jennifer Morris. I mean, I love you, Jennifer. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Something weird. Jennifer Lawrence. 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 Yeah. Yes. Always had a crush on her. Sorry. Right. Sorry. And I'd have to say, you know, I take off. Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, Jennifer. Put um, Grace Kelly. Oh, yeah. And then I'd have to say, gosh. Gosh, but it's either Meg Ryan or Nicole Kidman from like 
the early mm-hmm, days, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Days of Thunder, mm-hmm, Nicole mm-hmm, Kidman. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go on Nicole Kidman, like right. around there. The young mm-hmm, Nicole, mm-hmm. not that she's not hot as an older one, but she's mm-hmm. married now. I like to think of her as single, pre cruise. Understood. You know, just, yeah. You know. I mean, I don't know. It's my are. world. <laughs> It is not yours. It could be any. 100%. Yeah. I fully support it. I'm sure there's a lot of I people who go, if they ever it. like me, they'll be like, I only like him bald. <laughs> like, well, fuck you. <laughs> he really did it for me as a young bald. Yeah, but now hair, older. Mm, what a know. snore. Yeah, he, found, uh, <laughs> he found life, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just sound like Thurston Howell from Gilligan's Island. You got, uh, have you like seen love, my love? Uh, Gilligan, uh, have you seen my love? Yeah. Does it. All right. So are we done? Uh, no. I still have three more categories. Okay, shit. We're gonna Let's get move. Through. I'm sorry. Uh, alternate universe uh, careers. Like, and it's kind of, you know, this is, our, this is our fantasy world. So it's like the upside of careers. You don't have to go down the road of like, well, I'd like to do this, but I bet this part of it would suck. Okay. Yeah. Teacher. Right. Um... Like even if I know I can't do it, like it, whatever doesn't matter. There's none of that. Um, no rules. Fuck, probably an astronaut. Great. Uh, is that it? Nope. One more. Mm. Oh, an ice hockey player. Great. For sure. Okay, three skills that you could wake up with tomorrow that you've sort of downloaded Matrix style. I could speak any language. Great. For sure. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I can fly. No, that's not a skill. You can't do that. I, I'm accepting it and I'm writing it down. Are you really? Mm-hmm, yeah. And, um, oh, magician. Oh, yeah. Okay. Magician. Great. I just joined the Magic Castle. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Uh, that's a fun spot. Damn right. It's it a is. fun place. So fun. Um, okay, great. And then, last category for you, we will do. <laughs> Let's do. Places and times that you can travel back to and check out. Like you're in a safety bubble. You can just see, you can witness something. You can witness a moment or you can just go back and chill with the dinosaurs for an hour. It's totally up to you. Probably the 1986 World Series New York Mets versus the Red Sox. I'd like to be there for game six. Great. Right there, right behind the dugout. You lose your mind. Lose my mind. Fantastic. Uh, 94 New York Rangers right behind the, the bench. Great. Um, and I, oh, wait, 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 where I'd like to witness an event or something, mm-hmm. not stop someone from doing something. Yeah. You can't, you're, you're just a passive, like you kind of experience it, but you're not yeah. able to stop it. It's like, if I could save Kennedy, yeah. I don't know if I would. There's so many better things to do. I'm, I'm very much of the mind of like, if you change this one thing, the butterfly effect, I'm very afraid of the butterfly effect. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, I you should watch dark. Did you watch dark ago. on Netflix. I am obsessed with it. I've obsessed watched with it, it three times. Did you watch the second season yet? Yeah. I've watched the second season only once. I've watched the first season three times. Yeah. The first season's brilliant. Second season is good, but it gets a little, I'm a little, oh wait, little, I right. did watch the second season. Yeah. It's yeah, good. It's yeah. good. It's, it's good. not, it's, it's, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I want to see where they're going with it. I don't know if they're going to go anywhere with it. What else can they go now? They're, I'm not going to give it away. Let's not give it away. No one. But I. But the first that first season, I was like, I've. This is perfect. This is a perfect thing they've made. Um, it's a great puzzle. Eighty-six Mets, ninety-four <laughs> Rangers. And and just being somewhere. Yeah. I'd say. Could it be like a month-long thing? Yeah. Like just to have one more month with my grandparents, really young and healthy, back in the. Back in the 80s, mid-80s. Great. I feel that way, too, for sure. I'm sure there's other things I'm not thinking of, but, you know, I'm on the spot, so I can't have hours to think. No, that's that's the idea. It's like whatever's coming from the heart right now. Okay, uh, pick a number between one and seven. Seven. 
Okay, I'm going to pause this. To the listener, it will seem as if no time has passed. And okay. I will come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Okay. Uh, I'm very pleased. First of all, no, I'll, I'm going to save this, but it will. It is funny what I accidentally did while we were having a conversation. Right. What, I, what I accidentally wrote down. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your phenomenal skills in your alternate universe job as an ice hockey player. Really? So it would be an ice hockey player. Let me tell you what, why I think this worked out so well for you. Because whenever, however you want, you can jump into Slapshot. It worked out. Are you serious? Yeah, you got Slapshot and you're a hockey player. So it's like, oh yeah, so you can fully play hockey awesomely in that movie or outside of the movie. Ooh. Like you're a badass. I love it. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know how many countries actually play ice hockey, but... Anyone you go to, you can speak the language fluently because you can speak all languages. You know how many countries play hockey? Sweden, Russia, right. uh, Slovakia. Uh, I mean, just it's and a Czech. Well, uh, yeah. Every, get, you, when you get out there, rest assured, communication, no problem. Uh, I want to congratulate you for your apartment in Austin. Hey. Keep Austin weird. It's maybe maybe city. that means I should go there. It's a really great city. I highly recommend it. Just huh. going to, on a week a weekend to Austin, I do feel that it kind of encompasses everything you've been talking about. Like it's weird. It's artsy. It's like weird art and gorgeous, like super amazing art and great food. And it's I'm great. gonna go. It's great. I'm gonna go in September. Great music. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you also. Uh, you also are going to be working with the great, and I don't know how this is going to work out, but this is magic, uh, alternate universe. You're going to be doing a movie with Dudley Moore. I'm oh really excited to see this movie. Wow. I'm That's pretty, amazing. I'm pretty excited to see this movie. Magic with uh, Dudley Moore? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, he's not alive anymore, so this is all just a magical situation. Yeah, I know. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's a cool um, thought. And, uh, and then... <laughs> And then you are able to do all of this with, I realize now, instead of writing Nicole Kidman, I just wrote Days of Thunder. Like you wanted to be with the movie Days of Thunder. It says Margot Robbie, Grace Kelly, and Days of Thunder. But you did end up with Nicole Kidman from that era of Days of Thunder. I just I can't like believe that. I didn't bother to write like down that. her actual name. Uh, and then when you're doing all this, and if you want to bring her uh, home to meet a special someone, uh, I, I want to let you know that you are going to be able to revisit the 80s and hang with your grandparents. Really? Was that Did that just happen? No, it didn't just happen. Well, I mean, it did just happen. But you, That's what you, you got. inadvertently did that, right? Yeah. Like, it's a system. It's a system. So, like, you got isn't that special? Yeah. That's I was amazing. gonna. I, really I was happy. very relieved because it's one of the first ones that came up as a yes, and I was so relieved because I was like, I was not looking forward to scratching that off. You know, some that you just you're like, oh, I hope he doesn't. And that was like one of the very first ones that came up. That's awesome because like, oh, they are my best friends. They were my this. saviors. I mean, they yeah. they really saved me as a kid. So Perf. I love them. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I believe that is it. Uh, I definitely want to re-encourage the listener to please, I don't know why I'm so clinical, hey friends, hey guys. not the listener, uh, welcome you to please listen and subscribe to In Love with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Owen, mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and thank you so much for being a, a boy of summer. That does lead me to request, if you can, to just sing some sort of rando snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Out on the road today, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Little one inside my head said, don't look back. You can never look back. Oh, no, was, but did I know? 
Those days are over, but I should, should just let them go by. I, I can't see. All right, well, yeah, you know. that was beautiful. I like the uh, deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. I, Little voice inside I my head. I couldn't have been more sure that that was what you were going to sing, and I don't really? know why. I was like, he's going to sing the deadhead Isn't that a, a sad thing about that? Saw a deadhead sticker on yeah, a Cadillac. I know. A little voice inside my head said, don't, don't look, look back. back. You can you never, never look, look back. back. I thought I knew what love was, but did I know those yeah. days are gone forever. I should just let him go. But yeah. he's holding on, man. Dude, that is music. Yeah. Fuck. Thank you, Don Henley. Yeah. And thank you. Thank this has you. been a real treat. I really thank enjoyed this. Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.